we are essentially aggregating and bringing together all the liquidity and all the assets of any decks on Cardano. So you have all these different decks potentially coming out, Ergodex, Sunday Swap, Occam's Dex, um, MinSwap, you know, all these different swaps. And so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take uh, uh, or connect to all of them via their APIs and aggregate all their prices together in one location. Welcome to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and changemakers who are using Cardano to make an impact within the world of cryptocurrency and beyond. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano, and if you permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and today we're joined by Connor, Technical Communications Lead at DeFire, a DeFi platform and DEX aggregator for Cardano. So, Connor, cheers for coming on the show. Howdy, howdy. Mr. Blaine, how are you, sir? I am very well, thank you. Cheers for coming on the show. Um, got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into all of that juicy stuff, can you please tell the podcast a bit about who you are and also maybe a brief story around how you got involved with this beautiful world of crypto. Definitely. Um, so I guess we'll start off with who I am. I came in, um, or my name is Connor. I'm a te- technical communications lead for DeFire, which is a uh, project that I would um, on Occam Finance uh, back in May. Uh, and we aim to be a DEX aggregator for all the DEXs that come out on Cardano. Um, for me personally, um, I'm a young guy. I came out of university back in, uh, I graduated from university back in May of this year with a degree in electrical engineering. Um, and so I have been in college for the past, uh, past four or five years. And um, I was able to kind of watch the uh, industry. Um, I really started to take note back in uh, 2018 and kind of watched it, um, just, just really observed it. I didn't really do too much with the most because I was really just busy with my studies and focused on that. Um, and then right out of, uh, out of college when I graduated, I just uh, immediately kind of got stuck into it um, and kind of like leading up to, uh, you know, the peak of it when it, uh, the peak of Bitcoin, when it happened at 60K back in, uh, back in May or back in uh, April, May timeframe. Um, and I've been in it ever since and um, kind of got involved with a lot of the communities following some stuff. And then um, eventually worked my way into DeFire and then kind of uh, worked my way up the ladder inside of DeFire itself and now uh, also working kind of for Occam. Um, and so it feels like it's a really nice natural progression of what I study, electrical engineering, um, and being able to kind of apply that uh, within cryptocurrency. And um, really for me, it's more of a passion about the whole technology because that's probably the biggest, uh, the biggest interest for me and in trying to bring that technology uh, into the mainstream. Um, because the, the benefits so far that we've seen and that we talk about in all these research papers and that we see around the space, um, I think once they kind of gain mass adoption, um, it's going to be truly revolutionary. So, Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, the scale of this technology and the impact that it can have is global. And because we're still early days, these benefits, a lot of them are just theoretical. They're on paper. They're, this mm-hmm. potentially could happen. So the super exciting th- for me and for most people in the space is yeah. actually seeing this impact in the real world. And we can, we're so close, you can almost grab it. So that's that's your story into the space. Um, if we pivot to DeFi, can you talk about what DeFi is? 
Yeah. So um, the the best uh, corollary to DeFi or the best analogy would be one inch on Ethereum. If people are familiar with that, if not, think of it as um, we are essentially aggregating and bringing together all the liquidity and all the assets of any DEX um, on Cardano. So you have all these different DEX potentially coming out, ErgoDEX, SunnySwap, Occam's DEX, um, MinSwap, you know, all these different swaps. And so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take uh, uh, or connect all of them um, via their APIs and aggregate all their prices together in one location. And so if you have asset A on DEX, you know, one, two, three, four, five, then we look at the, the various different prices and say, hey, you're going to get asset A for the best price on, you know, uh, on DEX number four, and then we'll have that price ready, you know, for you to swap. And so you'll go ahead and swap and it'll just be an in and out, same as you would be swapping on other DEX. The, uh, and so uh, we really feel that DeFi is going to be um, something really interesting to look for in Cardano because we have all these projects, all these DEX uh, market makers coming out. And um, if we see, you know, uh, double digit, you know, 15, 20 DEX is coming out, all with varying amounts of liquidity, then an ag- uh, a DEX aggregator to aggregate all those assets together into one place while still supporting them as in a decentralized nature is truly going to be really, uh, really healthy for the ecosystem. Yeah, so intuitively, it, an aggregator makes sense, but can you maybe break down the specific problems you're solving with an aggregator like DeFi? Is it purely just, uh, what are the benefits? So finding the best prices, is that, I guess, the main one? Yeah, the, the main one is going to be the best prices. And then additionally, um, we are also kind of approaching this from a business to business attitude. We do have a lot of um, support from centralized exchange services and those centralized exchange services primarily deal with business to business interactions. And so they're interacting with other uh, centralized exchanges and facilitating um, trades in between. Um, and so we are kind of approaching that with the same mindset because if you think about it, um, if the liquidity is kind of inter- uh, interspersed between, you know, 10 to 15 different locations, um, then, you know, you're going to have isolated pockets of communities that, you know, on DEX 1, you may support assets A, C, and D, but on uh, DEX 2, you may support uh, assets X, Y, and Z. Um, and so rather than, you know, having to have a, a bunch of tabs for all these different DEXs and making it a bit more complicated, um, we'll say, hey, you just come to DeFire and then you have access to every single asset that's listed on any possible exchange. Um, and so, well, certainly you can definitely go um, to use any of these DEXs and I imagine plenty of people will um, just for an easy in and out, just to be done with it and not to be make, make it a big hassle. They'll just have the option to just go to DeFire and then make the purchase that way. And when, then whether or not you want to deep dive and try to find all these different assets on different DEXs, you can just see it all up front in DeFire. Gotcha. And in terms of aggregating um, uh, the liquidity from these different exchanges, is it just decentralized exchanges? Do you tap into centralized exchanges or is it just DEXs? Yeah. So right now um, it's interesting because that's kind of um, something we're formulating. We've already put out uh, on our website, the minimum viable product, the second, second version of that. And that is based on um, a centralized exchange. And so we're routing through a centralized exchange. Um, and so we already have, yeah, so basically it's like demonstrated that we can work with a centralized exchange and work through multiple centralized exchanges. 
And then obviously the next iteration is going to be these uh, DEX focused and that this is going to be built on Ethereum. And so we'll aggregate some more Ethereum DEXs to say, okay, this is the next logical step in progression until we move into the actual Cardano DEXs. Because I imagine right out of the gate uh, of September 12th, we're not going to have all these DEXs going to go live. We already know um, decentralized exchanges like uh, Sunday Swap are going to be live in October or further down the road. Um, and so what we focused uh, at the moment on only aggregating decentralized exchanges, um, we are still looking at um, operating within the realm of centralized exchanges, because if we can give um, an avenue for centralized exchanges to interact with us, because that is one of our um, target consumers for centralized exchanges to be able to tap into DeFi in order to wrap their uh, orders and then to have them interact with DEXs. Because right now it's essentially kind of confined if you think about it, when you have uh, orders on uh, centralized exchanges, it's all essentially interacting within the same centralized exchange wallets or within the, uh, a few uh, centralized exchange wallets. And they're not really um, be getting uh, access to the wider ecosystem of total liquidity that would exist on whatever uh, chain. So, mm -hmm. Just so it can make sense of the kind of the user experience. If I hop on the, the DeFi DEX and I place an order and let's say, you use your smart order routing engine, I think yeah. is what you call it on your website. Yes, and sir. then you identify the best price at that moment is on the Sunday swap um, decks using their liquidity. When you process that order, do you add then a small fee, like a DeFi fee on top of that price? Yeah, so how this is going to work is you're going to have a fee collection kind of both ways. And that's this kind of what this, the, the token for DeFi itself comes into because you're having the order sent through the DeFi router into the Sunday swap um, and then collecting fees kind of both ways. And that's kind of how the token is interacting. Um, and so, and this is an interesting thing to think about because um, we have... Obviously, people are going to have varying order sizes. Some people are going to place a five hundred dollar, thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar, you know, multiple thousand dollar orders. Um, and so, if something's going to flow through Sunday Swap, you know, for an order that's maybe five hundred dollars, that's simple enough. But you know, for an order that's say ten thousand um, dollars, you may not necessarily want to route that specifically through one uh, through one decentralized exchange. And so, you're not specifically. We may not want to send ten thousand dollars straight to Sunday Swap you might want to break that up because it's maybe more economically efficient um, to route it to other routers. And so with that all in mind, kind of how that reflects, in the, reflects itself in the fees is that's all going to kind of be paid out um, to the stakers of the CWAP token, which is the DeFi token. Um, and so, and then if we want to talk about this later, this is kind of um, an interesting proposition for a lot of these centralized exchanges because um, that's how a lot of the revenue or a lot of the value for the CWAP holders is going to be generated um, once we get kind of a large order routing um, solidified and figured out. Gotcha. So from my noobish understanding, it seems like if I was to place an order, it would just make sense to place an order on a DEX aggregator. Is there any reason why someone wouldn't place an order on uh, an aggregator as opposed to just picking any other decks like are there specific use cases where it may make sense not to use an aggregator or yeah like, so just, um yeah yeah so if, if we look at like the current landscape of so like icos with the flavor uh, of the year in 27 2017 i think the flavor of the year now is kind of ideas which are dex offerings um 
And so it makes sense to use a DEX in the sense of uh, if a project is coming in, you know, they're going to release other tokens on the DEX at some someday, some some someday, sometime. Then obviously using a DEX and add-ins is just going to be, you know, it's going to make sense because we're not going to necessarily be able to update, you know, contracts, update token pools um, to reflect um, that brand new token that launched, you know, five minutes ago. So, you know, using a, using a DEX in that sense to get first access to a project makes sense. Additionally, like, um, Using a DEX that you're just comfortable with. Some people are just going to, you know, stick with Sunday Swap um, or stick with Min Swap, stick with whatever swap they want to use, and they're just going to use that. And that's perfectly fine because that's, you know, what they're comfortable with using. Um, and I think honestly, for kind of smaller orders, that may make sense for some people, just because you know they just want to they want to go buy a token for however many, you know, fifty hundred dollars, whatever, and then be done with it. Um, if you're a more kind of structured, you know, for a trader, someone who's, um, you know trying to be very economical with everything, then using the decentralized exchange aggregator is going to be the, the more viable route because you're going to be able to kind of get a snapshot of the entire ecosystem and then get that price for the best rates possible. Yeah. So you guys, so you mentioned Occam, you guys launched on Occam Finance. Yes, sir. What was the, I guess, so you have an Ethereum-based token at the moment. Yeah. What was the rationale for going through Occam and, and going with Ethereum-based token first and then transitioning to Cardano uh, as opposed to kind of just waiting until Cardano? Like what yeah. can you step through maybe that rationale? Definitely. Yeah, it's a really good question. I get it a lot. Um, and the best way uh, to, form, to, to respond to this is um, we are providing... Um, early Ethereum allows us to kind of put out proof of concept, proof of work, and show us that, hey, we actually do have competence in building a product. Um, we have, we already, like I said, we already have our, uh, our first, second version of the MVP, which is live people can use. Um, people don't know, obviously, that we don't have, they don't necessarily have to trade, but they can get um, a, a flavor uh, or a taste of what it's going to be like. They can inter interact with the interface. They can send dummy transactions or like, you know, uh, select the swap and let it go to the MetaMask and reject and try again and see how it would work. Um, so launching on Ethereum for us was like, hey, we have all this experience with Solidity and everything already. Let's go build multiple different versions of the MVP and get as close as possible to what the final version of the product would look like on Cardano, which is the next step of the next phase of the MVP. And then once September 12th rolls around, then as all these decks start coming online, because um, that's kind of implicit uh, in the development of our product is we do need other DEXs because, you know, um, if there's only one or two DEXs on Cardano, then there's no real need for a DEX aggregator because people can just go visit those DEXs easily enough. <laughs> but yeah. um, we at once, obviously, as more DEXs and all these guys start releasing, and as we get into, you know, October, November, December timeframe, um, I hope there's going to be a lot of DEXs. I hope a lot of people um, come out with products to kind of innovate, but then that's when DeFi is really going to shine because then we can actually implement the uh, use case and we'll have a viable um, reason to exist. Um, and then, so, and that translation from um, what it looks like on Ethereum with smart contracts uh, and the whole structure is relatively analogous to what it's going to look like on Cardano. And then just getting an understanding and, you know, uh, fixing all the bugs and errors that we encountered on Ethereum um, will be not exactly the same because obviously Solidity and, Plut uh, Solidity and Plutus are two different things, um, but the the problems are all going to rhyme. We already have uh, experience in kind of developing a product for that. So developing a product on Plutus is going to be um, a much more um, straightforward thing than developing it from uh, first principle on uh, Ethereum. 
Yeah, gotcha. Uh, you mentioned something interesting around uh, if there's only two DEXs on a blockchain, there's probably less of a need for an aggregator, DEX aggregator. So there's almost like the value of a DEX aggregator is correlated with like the number of DEXs there are in the ecosystem. So yeah. at the very beginning, you know, let's say uh, DeFi has this value. If you assume that there's got a, that ecosystem is going to grow, then the value of DeFi is probably going to increase as well because you're aggregating from more liquidity pools, which is angle yeah. I haven't really thought about until you just said that before. Yeah, and it's cool. like a, I think you 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 would be um, it would be fine to measure a system's uh, a system's growth and uh, and total like value of it as well as the ability to be decentralized by its maybe number of automated market makers um, because. Uh, I'm not here to tell, obviously take shots at Ethereum because it's a great thing to look at as an example, but you know, you have everything um, centralized into one area and all the innovations in one area. Whereas um, obviously as we continue to grow and all these DEXs hopefully come out um, and we see all the different innovations that uh, every single one of them has on the, the whole, the original automate, automated market idea, um, then we'll be able to kind of support them. And so it'll be a, like a nice measure of the, strength of Cardano as well as hopefully the decentralization of Cardano because I don't necessarily want to see everything combined into the Occam Dex or the Sunday Dex or whatever Dex. So you mentioned uh, centralized with the Ethereum and, and the Dex is there. Are you talking about the centralization of liquidity within Ethereum? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So what what does that look like currently with Ethereum and, and why is that potentially an issue? Yeah, it's just, um, I think with any large system, any, you just see this in any bureaucracy or any administration, no matter kind of wherever you go. Um, Uniswap is a very robust system. It works fantastically. Aside from obviously the gas issues, that's just not, that's not a Uniswap issue. That's just a greater Ethereum issue in general. Um, but I think um, it has kind of, and this is just um because of how, how it came about. Since Uniswap was the very first one to come out, ever, a lot of other DEXs have kind of um, copy and pasted and adjusted minor things here and there, but they've all been kind of um, similar versions, similar templates of the Uniswap formula and haven't really iterated on it too much. Um, and so that's probably also a reason why you don't see too much of a, of a big difference between Uniswap and a lot of the, on a lot of the other DEXs that are offered. Um, there are certain innovations like Bancor, Balancer, um, but you can probably list all of those on one hand and there's like, you know, four or five of them. Um, and then because they're all built off of the same principle, there's not that kind of spark of innovation. Whereas with um, Cardano, I feel like there's going to be a lot more interesting things that are coming about because certainly, you know, a lot of them may take a look at the Uniswap system and uh, may kind of go from there. But a lot of them are, seem to be developing independently from what I've researched on a lot of these DEXs um, and uh, are trying to come up with their own answers to solutions um, from Plutus uh, and what Plutus is able to offer them and trying to implement um, how they would view their own DEXs. So. Yeah, there's definitely exciting times ahead with Cardano in general, but also with, with DeFi. I think a lot of people are excited about DeFi and also NFTs because these are mm -hmm. parts of the crypto world that we can actually use and interact and engage with. Uh, you you mentioned before that um, I guess starting on Ethereum was kind of, in a sense, um, a way for you to 
kind of prove the concept and test out things and to see if this yeah. all works. So considering that was, I guess, the strategy for launching on Ethereum, and there's been some time since you started on Ethereum, what are some things that you guys have learned through that whole journey so far? And how are you using those learnings to improve the, the product of DeFi? Yeah, definitely. Um, and the main uh, teachers for us have just been um, the, how do, how do I phrase this? The reworking of a lot of the smart contracts and a lot of the smart contract testing, um, because we are obviously very concerned with um, and very much focused on security of a lot of the contracts. We intend on handling lots of information in regards to, or lots of, uh, lots of value. If we are aiming for, you know, a, a potential business to business mindset and aiming for centralized exchanges, which are handling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of value, we want to make sure all the contracts are uh, airtight and a lot of the system is airtight. Um, and so as we're putting out the MVPs, we are getting feedback from the community as well as constantly um, poking and prodding and trying to break our system as much as possible. Um, and a lot of this is just front-end stuff, back-end stuff. Um, it's not necessarily anything specific to Solidity or specific to Plutus, which is even better because um, that means there's kind of less stuff that we have to adjust whenever we get over to Plutus um, because um, there's like, uh, like Pluta, we, We've, we released the MVP for like a few hours um, at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of August, discovered some stuff, um, went back, decided to rework it, paused, um, and then re-released it a few days ago because we were like, hey, there's some bugs or some features that we need to adjust. Um, and that's just another thing that we've learned. Um, and then we are doing essentially a complete UI overhaul for the very next iteration of the MVP. And we expect, um, we, and we've already learned a bunch of stuff in, in regards to kind of the UI design, what people like, what people don't like. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's a constant iteration process. And so far I've, uh, the developers and I have been very pleased with kind of the way we've been able to go about iterating upon the product as well as kind of the reception towards the community. So, yeah, awesome. So the MVP, you're on MVP 2.0. Yes, 2.0. Yes, sir. And yeah. it's been a, that's been uh, live for a few days. What has the feedback been from the community regards to using this this MVP 2.0? Yeah, definitely. So um, we so we expected um, the the so the next MVP MVP, MVP 3.0 I guess um, is going to offer a lot more detail and analytics relating to a lot of the swaps um, charts pricing stuff just a more in depth view and so we expected honestly to see that uh, reflected in the feedback from this um, and so aside from the uh, the excitement uh, that that we had this out a lot of it was like hey you know we want breakdowns uh, of the token purchases different pricing different um, fees whatever's being paid gas stuff like that. Um, snapshots and charts, you know, seven day hour, you know, whatever type of chart you want to have access to it, which is perfect because we already um, have a lot of that in place for the next MVP. Um, there was some um, uh, like minor stuff kind of related to uh, back end critiques, but that was already being addressed in the first place. Um, and so to kind of sum it up, it was a lot of feedback that we were kind of aware of and we were already taking steps to address. And so it was like a good confirmation, confirmation. that that we have like the, we can kind of see what the atmosphere is and understand kind of what people are want, what people want before they even have to tell us, which is, I think a really good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely reassuring from a, 
a building point of view if you mm-hmm. can anticipate i guess the the user experience from someone yeah yeah definitely uh we've, we've been talking about ethereum we've been talking about cardano uh, obviously i love cardano i actually love like i like ethereum too i like vitalik i think he's a freaking legend yeah i hope that him and charles can be friends one day to be honest yes again yes that would be oh that would be amazing by the way um obviously cardano is the, the focus of this podcast um yeah. why why cardano why build this on cardano yeah so um I mean, I was buying an NFT yesterday and it was like $250 just to, <laughs> just to sign the transaction for like a $50 NFT. Um, so that's probably the biggest, um, the biggest thing right there. We honestly um, take a look at the way Cardano um, and IOG, uh, the whole, um, the, 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 the main overhead group that kind of leads um, Cardano is approaching the idea of emerging markets and is approaching the way they're interacting with a lot of the nations that are, you know, that are the, that are the constant target of, you know, the phrase banking the unbanked. We always throw that around. Um, but seeing them take ma- big actual physical steps towards doing that within Ethiopia, within Africa, within parts of Asia, Southeast Asia, mid Mongolia, and then hopefully as soon as South America and a lot of those countries. Um, that's kind of been the biggest or one of the major factors in doing that. Um, obviously, it's a great system to be a part of because they are taking a lot of time and putting a lot of effort into being exact with the things that they're releasing, with all the papers, with all the academic research that's backing up a lot of the moves that they're making. It's obviously not happening in a day. It's taking time, which, you know, that's, that's perfectly fine because... Yeah, the products that they're releasing are very airtight and are very much stress tested, which is perfect for us because if we're trying to, you know, have different part, uh, have different relations with, you know, at the moment centralized exchanges and hopefully in the future with actual you know nation states and companies and large organizations of people, we want to be able to provide them with uh, uh, credibility and this and show them that we are actually a safe thing to use. Both DeFi, Occam, and I imagine any other product within the system wants to show, Hey, we're built on principles that are airtight and you're not going to have a hack where you lose, you know, a significant portion of money. And then for me, like personally, um, I live in Texas, uh, in America, and that's, um, you know, we look a lot, you know, a lot towards the South, towards Mexico, Central America and South America. Um, and so seeing projects like, uh, like world mobile token that are kind of building within the Carolina space, the same space that we are, we are building in is, um, very, very good to see because I feel like a product like DeFire um, and like all these DEXs, which may, um, seem a few levels of abstraction higher than the common person are very important steps towards reaching those people, you know, that are in America, South America and Mexico and Central America and really kind of improving their quality of life um, and then bringing them up into kind of like a, a, the world stage and allowing them to actually be uh, kind of a force to reckon with rather than just kind of being an afterthought in a lot of the global community. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. The, the, the Cardano approach is the methodical, slow, um, well, I think it's quite fast considering what we're trying to do, but it's very methodical and, and the a byproduct of that is things are more airtight and you want things airtight when you're dealing with money, when you're dealing with ownership, when you're dealing with identity, you don't want to be mm-hmm. kind of just 
close your eyes and then kind of throw a dart at the dartboard. <laughs> you, you want there to be a yeah. lot of uh, logic behind that decision-making process. And, th and for me, that's Cardano uh, with the research approach and all of that. So it's very fundamental uh, if you're trying to create a, an oper operating system of the world, which I think Cardano will be, you really need to be thinking, like you mentioned, first principles, taking the first principles approach at the fundamental levels. And that's what that's Cardano for me. Um, we talked about the DeFi MVP 2.0 being live. Can you talk about the rest of the roadmap um, for for DeFi? Yes. What are some product like? How can people interact with your with DeFi? What are some milestones coming up, um, mainly yeah. for the rest of the year and maybe early next year? Definitely. So, um, the biggest thing for us is. Uh, so we have, um, so we released the MVP 2.0 a few days ago. We're going to have liquidity mining um, just to show people um, how it's going to work uh, once, whenever we actually import it over Cardano. And so they'll be able to mine um, the CWAP token with Ethereum. And then the next major step will be MVP 3.0, which is going to divorce us ourselves from centralized exchanges. And it's only going to be aggregating um, a collection of, it's like five or six um, Ethereum DEXs. And so that'll be the closest um, uh, analogy that we have to what it's going to look like on Cardano. We expect that um, September timeframe. Um, and so that'll be good because it'll, you know, smart contracts will la la uh, launch on the 12th of September and then we'll have hopefully our MVP out by then, uh, MVP 3.0. Then from there is when we really put in the, a fair amount of work moving over to um, MVP 4.0, which at that point is going to be examples of how we're going to look on um, Cardano. We are, and obviously we're back and forth in with the uh, Occam team. They're providing a lot of technical oversight for us because obviously they're putting together, Occam has their own decks that Occam is putting together. And then we're kind of getting um, the first glimpse into how a lot of the mechanics are working in this Um at the end of the day, it's going to be rather similar because you have um, kind of like a, a, just a routing service with the fire that connects into various different APIs and then can do calls and send orders and work from there. Um, and that's how it works in Ethereum. And it's roughly going to work the same in Cardano. Obviously, the, EU, e, the UTXO model does add a little bit of a, or throws a bit of a wrench in the mix. But at the end of the day, the, um, uh, the principles are still the same for how it works. And so hopefully we're thinking... Um, probably the 4.0 version in October to November timeframe, because um, by then we'll have Occam, Occam's decks out sometime around then, um, or at least going live at some point. Um, and then we'll start to see a lot more DEXs around that point, because I think looking at um, all these projects that are supposed to be coming out as decentralized exchanges, we can expect a fair amount of them out by October to November as well. And then, so once they kind of go live, um, we'll be able to then start integrating them, looking over the code. Because for the most part, aside from, I think Ergodex, um, and obviously Occam, we don't really have too much um, DEXs to look at. Sunday is private, Race, Race Swap is private. I think MinSwap is private as well. Maladex is private. A lot of those guys are private, which is, you know, obviously for good reasons, you know, they want to be, you know, they've come up with their solution um, and they want to, release it once whenever the DEX is live and have that first mover advantage, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, so we'll probably have that full working product out, uh, hopefully by end of Q4 or sometime in Q1 of 2022, which is when we'll be kind of 
to totalizing all of the um, uh, DEXs on Cardano. And then the things to look at down the road um, is how we are going to interact uh, on a cross-chain or cross-exchange manner. Like I said, we're, we are looking at um, how we could potentially organize ourselves with centralized exchanges and with decentralized exchanges, but we're also focusing on, hey, you know, if we get the Ethereum world working and we have the Cardano world working, um, what is the what does it look like to you know put them together um, and then have a service that is able to allow people to kind of migrate between both or you know, work between both uh, both services? I feel like that's uh, a very interesting thing that we continue to kind of internally talk about, um, and then we'll probably have some time an answer to that Q two Q three Q four of twenty twenty two down the road. We'll see like a solidified idea. All righty, so that's the roadmap. Um, how about the team? So can you briefly talk about the team that is working on this roadmap and bringing these ideas to reality? Yeah, so uh, we have obviously myself, we have some uh, people in the background um, that aren't um, kind of coming forward just because of uh, just being comfortable with it, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, we have uh, our main CEO who's kind of in term at the moment because we're looking for... Um, someone to come on who's completely focused on DeFi because our current CEO has obligations elsewhere. Um, and so we want someone to come on who's obviously completely focused on the project, which is fine. Um, we have all the development team, um, which should be, I think should be bring us up to five developers in the next week. Um, we're going to be onboarding two more developers um, that uh, I think do have a, a fair amount of experience with Haskell, which is perfectly what we need because the currency of the developers um, are front end, back end, um, as well as uh, front end, back end, full stack, as well as mainly Solidity devs. Um, they do, they went through and know um, Plutus based off the Plutus Pioneers program. I also went through Plutus Pioneers program. So I've also kind of been helping out. Um, interestingly enough, which is a lot of fun because for me, I get to kind of interact with it as well as then kind of go out and talk about it, talk to the community on Twitter and Telegram and fill the videos and record stuff. Um, so right now the team is honestly being built up more and more because we do need a lot of, um, we're going to need a fair amount of more developers if we're kind of aiming for that um, space where we're interacting on Ethereum and on a Cardano and then, you know, with sexes and with DEXs. So Alrighty, and um, so for those that are listening in, intrigued with the project and maybe want to invest and buy some of the the DeFi token, how can they get their hands on the token at the moment? Yeah, so currently it's trading um, on a centralized exchange called uh, Hotbit Hot Bit Bit as well as on Uniswap if they want to do it that way. Um, we are looking at. Um, how the how the the transfer of tokens is going to go onto Cardano? We know uh, we already have access um, to Occam. Occam Finance released a uh, bridge, um, and so you can transfer um, <clears throat> as a test. You can transfer it to Ethereum to Wrapped Ethereum, ADA from Cardano to Wrapped ADA. And I actually have Wrapped ADA in my wallet, funnily enough, uh, as well as the Occam token to the um, Cardano version of it. And so I think eventually we're going to build out that whenever smart contracts come, so we can do full functionality. Um, for the CWAP token. Um, and then it would be kind of interesting once um, once everything gets finalized with Cardano, then we're going to see how uh, token transfers and how the tokens are going to play uh, between both blockchains if we do kind of aim for a dual blockchain future. Gotcha. Um, 
And and these links to everything that we're talking about obviously will be in the description. Um, before we move on to the last couple of questions, are there anything, any particular topics that you want to touch on before that we haven't covered yet? We had a lot on the deck space, which is super interesting. Um, I think the, the, the main thing that uh, I want people to do is to really um, take a look at all of the DEXs and everything that everybody's, you know, everybody has to offer. There are some, you know, some big names, which is perfectly fine, but really kind of go out and, um, you know, go on Twitter, go research on YouTube or, or what have you, um, and try to really find some of these more um, not as popularized uh, projects and DEXs and then really kind of start interacting with them and figuring out what they're about because, um, you know, we do pride ourselves, I think, uh, the Cardano community on being, being decentralized. And I think that needs to happen um, with people kind of going out and actively, you know, thinking about that and thinking of projects that are maybe not as strong, maybe not as big or have as much press attention on them um, and working to kind of support them and then get uh, an understanding of how they work and, you know, potentially using them, whatever they do release at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, this is a super exciting time for this ecosystem. There's a lot of awesome projects being built. So it's a good opportunity for people in the space to actually just go out and explore and see what see what's out there. Mm. Um, don't just hear of a project and just kind of assume that that's the best one. It's exciting to go out there and, and do some exploring and some researching. So I highly recommend people do that, not just with DEXs, but all the projects out there. There's a lot of builders out there. So go and do some exploring, kids. Um, how can people connect with DeFire and, and support what you guys are doing? Definitely. So um, I think the easiest thing to do is just go to uh, DeFire.fi. So D-E-F-I-R-E.fi, which is our website. It has links to our Twitter, Telegram, YouTube, um, Medium, and um, all the all the social media. It has links to uh, test out the swap if you want to kind of play with that, to the token, how to buy that, and all the deck uh documents, white paper, everything that kind of is the, is the centralized hub for all the information. Um, we are, we do have the YouTube channel that we are putting out a lot of information on. And for me, I'm doing a, my a personal project of going through and trying to research um, all these DEXs that I, uh, that I keep coming upon every few days. I know we did a video on ADAX uh, a week or two ago, and I think the next video should be on ErgoDEX. And we'll be, we basically just kind of go through um and talk all about the, the decentralized exchange, what it's you know what it's bringing to the to the community, and all the features and everything that it's kind of offering. And so, hopefully, we'll be able to do a video on the 14, 15, 20, however many decks that come out by the end of the year. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, I've, the ones that I've stumbled upon, there's um, there's quite a, quite a lot of them out there. There's um, a couple of uh, there was one uh, Dex that someone in the community was posting about today that maybe was a bit suspect. So again, I want to emphasize maybe when we're doing these exploring to really do your own own research and due diligence around um, what these projects are about, who's building them and all that kind of stuff. Because even though this time is exciting because much contracts around the corner and we're going to have this that functionality, that's mm -hmm. also got to be an opportunity for people to come in there and maybe exploit the community as well. So even more reason to do your own research. Um, 
So I just wanted to throw that one out there because it's definitely inevitably it's going to catch a lot of people off guard. And I feel for those people because um, it's just one of those things. Um, so yeah, do your own research. I just want to emphasize that point. Um, the closing question I ask everyone here is what excites you the most about the future of Cardano? Um, I honestly, I am very excited, um, for governance. Um, I think that'll be phase like five, the final phase of Cardano. Um, and because, um, you know, I live in the, I live in the U S I, uh, you know, we have our political system and, um, I cannot wait to see, uh, the application of Cardano into, um, how large systems, large bureaucracies, large governments work, um, because I think that'll kind of uh, allow the system to clear a lot of the confusion, a lot of the op opacity of it and to, for the citizens to kind of get an understanding. Because, you know, if you can, you know, down the road, whenever it comes out, if we're able to hook up uh, an election for a mayor or something and every citizen is able to see, okay, you know, we came up to this machine, we, you know, we do the voting and then we're able to see and trace the actual voting um, on the blockchain, you know, and see how all this happens for mayoral elections, for congressional, for presidential elections. Um, that'll kind of ease up a lot of the um, a lot of the things that happen around elections, and um, kind of solidify the system even better. Because you know the the innovations of democracy and you know being a representative republic and parliamentary democracy are great. And I think um, Cardano is only going to be able to strengthen that even more and really give um, power to a lot of countries that are currently lacking it and revolutionize a lot of systems that may or may not be failing right now. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. Uh, and also, if you like our content, then make sure to check us out on social media with the handle Cardano Source. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.